Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed, and I'm joined, as always, by my man, Mike Luciano. Mike, it may be smoky outside both of our windows right now, but we are here doing the Jet Press Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing okay, and uh, I'm safe right now because I am indoors. So, you know, if you were planning to train for a half marathon today or do anything like that, probably the best day to take an off day. You know, you don't need to be pushing all that into your lungs. So stay safe, and if you're watching live, Thank you for joining in. This can help you pass an hour of time while you wait for everything to clear up. Maybe you're at work or driving home, in which case we thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Wherever it is that you may get your podcast, that's where we are. We're also on YouTube at The Jet Press. You can subscribe there. You can hit that little bell so you get notified whenever we go live. And you can check out all of our interviews and all of our YouTube shorts. That is all there. That is home base for all the Jet Press content. Let's get into another busy OTA, middle of the summer, dog days kind of kind of show, man. Because even though there is some time between the, when the preseason starts and now, still plenty of content, especially when the rumor mill keeps churning. As Justin and me both know well, there's this rumor mill. It never... It never stops churning, man. This is you'll always find somebody out there connected to your favorite team. In this case, it's the New York Jets and Dalvin Cook, because Dalvin Cook has been. Uh, it seems like Dalvin Cook's going to get released because right now it looks like the Minnesota Vikings are just going to move on with Alexander Madison. Cook's owed a lot of money, and if he gets released, it seems like the Miami Dolphins have been kind of hot on him. They have. A couple different running backs, you know, Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain, who they just drafted, but not really like a bell cow kind of guy. And for a Mike McDaniel offense, who's going to run the ball a lot, getting a guy like Dalvin Cook could be good. However, recently, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys have kind of put some feels out, according to Darren Wolfson of KSTP on the Mackie and Judd show. So I'm not saying this is necessarily the Washington Post and that everything in this is gospel, but... Seems like a guy who's got some connections. So he said the Cowboys are after him and the New York Jets are after Dalvin Cook, which is a, it struck me as a little bit weird because I think as me and Justin have kind of gone back and forth, even though we have differing opinions on the running back room, like I personally am very concerned because I just don't know what Brees Hall is going to be. And I think so much of it's hinging on Brees Hall's health. Dalvin Cook is a guy who I think could be a legitimate game changer. 
I think that's fair to say because there's this weird movement going on where even if you're in the don't pay a running back uh, camp, which I, I get that there's reasons not to pay a ton of running backs, there's a certain subset of people who just think that now giving any running back any amount of money is a bad deal. Like Dalvin Cook, I know that he may not be like an all pro necessarily, but four straight Pro Bowls. 1,383 yards from scrimmage minimum in all four of those seasons, and that 1,300 came when he missed four games. He's run for over 1,100 yards four straight times, 47 touchdowns in six seasons, good receiver, dynamic player. If you're going to add a back, he does so much stuff. It's not a matter of just, oh, don't invest too much in the running back. It's Nathaniel Hackett. They're going to run the ball all the time. Running back's going to catch the ball all the time. And if you don't sign Dalvin Cook, here are your options right now. We have Israel Banacanda. Look, I love Israel Banacanda. I had a third-round grade on him. The Jets got him in the fifth round. That's a tremendous value pick. But I think as a rookie, he's pretty much going to be a kick returner special teams guy. Might be more year two. As a rookie, that's what he's probably going to be. Then you get Brees Hall, who's fantastic. But again, ACL injury. Who the hell knows what they're going to be? Michael Carter, who was awful last year. I mean, let's not... You know, let's not try to sugarcoat this. He was not very good last year. I think he can be good. We've seen him be good, but he wasn't last year. And then Zonovan Knight, who started out really hot, kind of like a Mike Whitey thing. He arrives on the scene and holy crap, it's Zonovan Knight. It's bam and oh my God. And then he slowed down. He wasn't even getting two yards of carry. So the Jets, they may not be interested in DeAndre Hopkins, but as we've alluded to before, there's ways to get cap space. There's ways to add players, including a guy like Dalvin Cook who I think could just come right in and then immediately with Aaron Rodgers and that offensive line, which is getting better and that infrastructure around him. I mean, if he stays healthy for 17 games, that's like an automatic 1500 yards from scrimmage. And then you also have Brees Hall on top of that. So if Jets fans are worried about, Oh, how are we going to build a sustainable winner with Aaron Rodgers? Because he, it's such a short term play that you don't really know. Here's what you do. You have two awesome running backs with a coach who's had a history of getting production out of running backs. You beat people up down, down the gut, and then you let Aaron Rodgers go over the top to Garrett Wilson. That's a formula that can win games. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all that the Jets are interested in Dalvin Cook. I mean, they've been sniffing around the running back market all offseason, even if we're ignoring the the Izzy Abanacanda pick, because that was a fifth-round pick. That's not, you know, you're not spending a lot of uh, assets on that pick. They were interested in, in drafting Jameer Gibbs uh, out of Alabama in the first round. That's a report that's been reported by multiple people. It seems like that is – we could take that you know, as, as pretty much fact at this point. The Jets have been interested in adding a running back for a while now. I don't know if the Zeke rumors were true. It, it seems like that was more one-sided from Zeke's perspective. But it's not surprising at all that the Jets are interested in Dalvin Cook. Also, like you mentioned, Nathaniel Hackett has a history of not just using one running back but using two running backs in his offense. Of course, in Green Bay, they've had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon – I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're looking at that running back tandem and they're looking at the Jets running back room and they're saying, well, we have our Aaron Jones, maybe even better in Brees Hall. We don't have our A.J. Dillon, right? I'm not sure if Michael Carter can fill that role. I'm not sure. And not not saying that Michael Carter is anything like A.J. Dillon as a player, but as your complement to your top running back. I don't know if they really have that that player right now. They're looking at Dalvin Cook and saying maybe he can be that guy. Now, like you said, Dalvin Cook in terms of what he's done recently, his production is still sky high. He's had four consecutive years where he's made the Pro Bowl, four consecutive years with at least 1,100 rushing yards. He's still producing like a top running back. 
I'm not sure talent wise he's there anymore. I think he's fallen off a little bit. I think the kind of, you know, I don't know what you want to, if you care about advanced metrics or analytics, they would show that that cook was if anything, a below average running back last year. That said, he has plenty of experience. He's an excellent pass blocking back. He's an excellent pass catching back. If he stays healthy, he's a very, very capable, uh, more than capable RB2 alongside Brees Hall. Where I kind of have some pause with it is that if I'm the Jets, I'm prioritizing other things right now. And I'm not even talking about a Quinn Williams extension because that more so affects 2023, uh, 2024 cap. There are just other moves that I would be willing to make or more you know, interested in making, such as signing DeAndre Hopkins, which we're not going to talk that talk about that again because it seems very clear the Jets aren't going to go down that route. But that's another move that I would definitely push for over Dalvin Cook, maybe even bring in a guy like John Johnson or re-signing Quan Alexander. I would have different priorities if I was the Jets, but I'm not opposed to adding Dalvin Cook. I think he's a good player. I think he would be the second best running back on this team. Uh, you have some legitimate questions with Michael Carter because he did have a disappointing sophomore campaign. Zonovan Knight, like you mentioned, had a hot start, but then kind of tapered off. And I do think some of those issues were caused by the offensive line injuries later in the year. I mean, they were they were thrown out just different, like a different starting unit every single year or every every year, every single week uh, last season. So it was kind of hard to you know build chemistry. The run blocking was very poor. So I think that contributed to Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight kind of struggling later in the year. But Dalvin Cook would absolutely be the second best running back on this team. I don't have any issue with bringing him in, depending on the price. I just would have different priorities if I was the Jets. Now, I want to get gauge you generally. Where are you on the like paying running backs discourse? Because I want to kind of qualify my next statement with that. I mean, you pay the great players, but I, I would say that a lot of obviously a lot of running back extensions, especially big money running back extensions, have not worked out over the last decade or so. I don't think Dalvin Cook is necessarily in that conversation at this stage because whatever he gets paid on the open market it's not going to be big money like i don't i know there was a, a rumor a kind of unfounded rumor floating around that said the jets are looking to pay dalvin cook 11 million dollars that's not happening the only way he gets 11 million dollars is if it's a multi-year deal with incentives like that's that's not happening i think at most he's getting four or five million probably on the open market i'm not sure he gets anything more than that um Ryan yeah, I mean, Sanders got just over six and he ran for a bunch of yards and he's younger with a Super Bowl team and he got six and a half pretty much from Carolina. Right, exactly. Now, because I'm looking at all these anti running back guys and part of my problem with them in general, this isn't even a Jets point, it's a general point, is that I feel like they can't even articulate why you don't want to pay running back sometimes. I feel like they just say it because it's like, oh, that's the common NFL wisdom. You don't pay a running back. And then if you ask them why, like, they don't really articulate it very well. That's my issue with a lot of those guys. It's just like, oh, they, somebody drafted Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is a good player. Shut up. Now, <laughs> it's a similar sentiment to when the Jets tra- uh, traded up, what, two picks last year, last year in 2022 to draft Brees Hall. Like they got they got shit on for doing that. Exactly. And like, Why is it a bad pick? And they, they couldn't explain it. I was, because it wasn't Malik Willis. Yeah, because they should, I was going to say that because they should have drafted Malik Willis. We don't need to revisit that. But even if you're in that camp, isn't this what you want for running backs anyway? Is you want to pay like two guys less money to form some sort of tandem? Now, it's not necessarily like a uh, like a Chris Johnson and Lendale White kind of smash and dash thing with two completely different skill sets. I think they're both home run hitters, Cook and Hall. I think that even though Hall had limited opportunities as a receiver – I kind of liked what I saw from him. Obviously, I remember that big giant pass play down the sideline in the Miami game. I thought when Iowa State used him there very infrequently, but when they did, I thought he looked okay. Like, why why not just go active? Because otherwise, you're just it's just hoping and praying Michael Carter gets healthier and Michael Carter, assuming he was hurt last year, and then Michael Carter fixes it. And even at his ceiling, 
Michael Carter is not going to be as good as Dalvin Cook. So for we've talked about how this can help the Jets beyond because you can just build a really stable ground game for like two, three years based on Dalvin Cook and Greasehall. Even if you're in the opposite camp and you want to just go balls out for this year, just damn the torpedoes, let's just do this thing. How many win now guys out there? If you're not, if Hopkins is out, how many guys right now are going to make as much of a difference on this team or more of a difference on this team than Dalvin Cook? I don't know if anybody will. Now, the price tag is going to be, obviously, I think the biggest question, because if he wants like a long-term deal, I don't know if he's going to get just again, but not, not even his fault or not even because he's not good. I think it's just that's what the market, which has been tainted by these PFF guys getting in the getting in the ears of GM. That's the other thing I hate about it is GMs don't go, oh, I don't want to pay a running back because this. They just see it go, oh, I can reduce salary and I could like they don't care about the algorithm. They just don't want to pay guys. So because of that, Dalvin Cook's not going to get a long-term deal, as, as sad as it is. So, But if the, if you're the Jets, just purely from a financial calculated point of view, you're going, we could get 1,200 yards, it, even if he's splitting time with Brees Hall, we could get elite production for relatively cheap, even if it's just a one-year prove-it deal. And then you know what? Maybe he comes back after this year. Like, I, I, That's the problem I have with the Jets in this offseason, is they have all these ideas. It's not. It's one thing if they go after it, and then they don't end up getting it, but I feel like there's a lot of things they just shot down very quickly, like too quickly. Like they didn't even consider it, like Hopkins and I guess Cook. They haven't really commented on Cook yet, but I feel like there's too many ideas where that they could work out and they just go, now nah, we're fine. It's like, well, maybe you're not fine. One injury and you're not fine. And guys get hurt in the NFL. I think I look at the the Jets running back room in a similar way to how I look at the wide receiver room, which is interesting because I, I you know, obviously, as you know, I'm very pro Hopkins and I'm like, lukewarm on cook whatever i think that the jets wide receiver room and the jets running back room are good they're they're good as they are they're fine they're no there's i have no issues with either position group garrett wilson's a star Brees hall if he's healthy and it sounds like he's going to be healthy by week one i don't know if he'll be 100 but it sounds like he's playing week one if he's healthy he's a star as well and i like the depth behind both of them i like i like the depth the jets have a receiver i think they have five nfl caliber wide receivers on their roster and i think the jets legitimately i think they have four nfl caliber running backs on their roster it's just that with Hopkins, like my thing with that is I think just he makes such a huge impact and he makes such a, such a big difference by adding him. I think the upgrade from Corey Davis to DeAndre Hopkins is more significant than the upgrade from Michael Carter, Izzy Abanacanda, and Zonovan Knight to Dalvin Cook. I think part of that is just I'm not as high on Cook as you are. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, because you, you're talking like elite production. You're saying that he's still like, you know, I, I, like if you were to rank, I'll ask you this, if you were to rank Dalvin Cook in the top, uh, you know, running backs essentially in the NFL. Where would you put Dalvin Cook right now? I mean, he's got to be on the fringes of of top ten. No, I mean, how many like bell cow, no doubt guys are there anymore? They're they're really kind of a dying breed, and that that's why it made the whole like Minnesota for longest time. It's just like, oh yeah, when they cut Dalvin Cook, then this will happen. It's like, look, Alexander Madison's a fine running back. Alexander Madison's ceiling is not this level. Like, I, like how many guys right now are like the days of, you know, 300 carries, 1400 yards. Like there's not that many guys anymore. And Cook, I don't know if he's that anymore, but he can be close to it. And if you just account like total yards from scrimmage, I think he can be close to that. I mean, it, I, I the whole discourse around Dalvin Cook, for lack of a better word, is is kind of puzzling because everybody's trying to act like he's Ezekiel Elliott, who Ezekiel Elliott is not as washed as people think he is, but he's not the same player he was when he signed that big contract. It's not that steep of a drop-off. 
I want to I want to throw this out there really quick, right? Because I, I can't speak because I didn't watch every Vikings game last year. Like I watched a good, I watched football, right? So I've seen plenty of Dalvin Cook last year, but I I'm not I didn't watch every snap he played, right? But if, for those who care about you know advanced analytics, right? Rushing yards over expected, I think is a pretty well respected rushing analytic. Uh, Dalvin Cook ranked dead last in amongst qualified running backs in rushing yards over expected. I believe it was, I'm looking at the chart here, right around negative 200 yards per expected, which was worse than Jamal Williams, worse than Leonard Fournette, worse than Ezekiel Elliott, worse than Najee Harris. It was the worst amongst qualified rushers. Well, see, here's uh, the problem I have with that stat. Number one, Jamal Williams was pretty good last year. He led the league in touchdowns. Well, yeah, he got a lot of one to two yard rushes. Like he, he was really good. Got to get him in. Still got to do it. And then sure. number number two, doesn't that have like Derrick Henry ranked as like a middle of the road running back? Uh, where's Henry? Yeah, right around, right around middle of the road. Yeah, right. see, this, when you uh, see no, stuff like that, this isn't me saying that that stat is the be all end all, right? But I think. There's a lot of stuff out there that kind of shows that Cook wasn't nearly as effective as his numbers might indicate last year. Also, his average dropped a decent amount, I think. Like, yeah, it's still a 4.4 yards per carry, which is very good, but it's dropped each of the last two years by, by 0.3. So I think we're kind of seeing that he's not the player he used to be. And again, I still think he'd be the second best running back on the Jets roster. I still think he's a damn good player, and I still think he would upgrade this Jets team. I just don't see him as a priority. But if they go out and sign him, I'm not going to be upset about it by any means. I just... I have bigger, you know, position needs that I think I'd like to address. That being said, I don't think the Jets feel the same way. I don't think they see DeAndre Hopkins in the same way that I see him. So, right. I I think I would like one of them. And if they've just, if they're saying no to Hopkins that quickly, that's why I think I would be so bullish on Cook. Like it's do something with one of those two. And if you're not getting one, go get the other. So because of that, I think now it's time because the offseason, assuming that none of these things happened, is. A lot of the movers and shakers have already signed, and it's kind of nice to look at sort of a retrospective of what Joe Douglas has done uh, with the New York Jets after a guy. Because again, he's had a really long leash because we gave him the whole, you know, hired midseason after the whole Mike McCagnan. They let Mike McCagnan draft and then fire him and then bring in Joe Douglas because of Adam Gase because they knew each other. And then Douglas obviously gets to rebuild and pick Zach Wilson and fail there. So, I mean, now it's now it's put up or shut up time. And obviously with Aaron Rodgers, that was a huge victory. I know it took forever and it was the equivalent of football blue balls just waiting for that thing to drop where it officially became a real thing and Aaron Rodgers became a jet. I get all that, but you know what? He freaking did it. You got Aaron Rodgers. That's a big win. Hard to say an offseason is anything except a big win when you get Aaron Rodgers. That said, there are a couple things that he's done that I'm not too crazy about. And uh, one of them isn't necessarily a bad signing, but it's something that I'm confused that they haven't done yet. Kind of looking back on it, I think it's more confusing that they haven't signed Quan Alexander at this point. Like I remember on the last podcast, we were a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about Quan Alexander, and I think he's right now the platonic ideal of like an average NFL running uh, running back. When I talk about NFL linebacker. <laughs> Yeah, just put Quan Alexander in the I formation and run it behind him. That, that, that smoke's getting you, man. The smoke's getting it's seeping through. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's making me <laughs> delirious. But uh, Quan Alexander is a guy who experienced veteran, Robert Sala's system fit, good tackler, smart. You guys love him, by the way, too. I mean, Quan Alexander, every time he makes a big hit, I mean, people go nuts. He's definitely got some sort of gravitas in the locker room. And a guy who he's not going to cost a ton because, again, he's had the injury problems. Uh, dating back to, I think, New Orleans, where he got banged up mostly. Looking back on, I know there's other options available, and I think the Jets will probably just 
bring somebody in on a one-year deal because I think although they like Jamie and Sherwood and those kind of guys, I don't think they view them really as like the top backups right now. And I think with CJ Mosley getting older, I think there are generally there genuinely is some sort of uncertainty and stress about what he's going to be. Cause I know he was an all pro, but I mean, we watched those games. He was not an all pro. He's a good player, certainly, but all pro linebacker is a little bit of a misnomer. And I feel like there's a chance a cliff might be coming relatively soon. So because of that, I'm like, well, what the hell? Where, where's Quan? I think I'll, I'll give a quick shout out here to uh, to Jake Asman. It was Rich Samini just made an appearance on the Jake Asman show. Uh, and during that, he was asked about Quan Alexander. And the vibe that Rich got is that the Jets like Quan and they would be open to bringing him back. Uh, but it sounds like Price is the kind of like is the the the, the turret right now. They're like the Joe Douglas thing where it's just this is what I want to pay and I'm not budging. Which he does does. Basically, what Samini said is that he's looking for some kind of a payday. We don't know exactly what it is, but he said that he doesn't think that Quan will be back unless he gets, unless he accepts somewhere close to a veteran minimum deal, which is what he got last year. Now Quan's probably worth more than that, but I don't know if any team is going to give him that. I do think there's a chance he still comes back, whether it's next month, whether it's in August, like the Jets signed him last year. I don't know. But right now, Jamie and Sherwood is penciled into that role. And it doesn't sound like the Jets are going to sign someone else. I mean, I totally, I could be totally wrong. Again, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. The Jets are probably going to sign somebody right after this and make us look dumb. But I don't <laughs> get the vibe that, that the Jets are going to sign a Deion Jones or a Miles Jack. It feels like it's either Quan takes less or they just roll with Jamie and Sherwood. Um, and if they do roll with Jamie and Sherwood, I agree. I, I think that that's a mistake. I like Sherwood. I genuinely do. And I think the Jets do as well. Um but I just would like some kind of veteran assurance alongside him, alongside Hamza Najaldin. That said, that's not my worst move of the offseason for the Jets. Uh, I will agree really quick. I think we're both in agreement, agreement on this. Best moves, Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's that has to be it. Like, there's and no. I, th- I think way. worst general thing is the Quinn and Williams consternation. Other than that, sure. I, I think I, 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 as long as that gets settled. I'm cool with it. As long as they extend Quinn and Williams, whatever. And it sounds like they're going to. We don't really need to go into that again because we've talked about it a lot. But Robert Sala sounds very confident about it. And if Sala is willing to say all of that stuff, if he's willing to be like, it'll get done publicly. Now, multiple times he said that. I think it's going to get done. I'm sure he'll – I'm very confident he'll get a deal before training camp. That said, uh, yeah, so best move, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think we could even – you know, there's not much to talk about. Jets are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and it's because they made the only quarterback move this offseason that would do that for them, and it's trade for Aaron Rodgers. My least favorite move and my, my you know, what I think the Jets, the biggest mistake that they've made this offseason, uh, and it actually also relates to the quarterback position, and it's that they just they didn't get a capable backup. And we've talked about this before on the show. The Jets have no capable backup quarterback on their roster right now. They signed Tim Boyle, sure. He's a body. That's that's what he is, and that might be being generous. I know you you're, you are you are Tim Boyle's number one hater. I, know I just don't get it. Like every place he's gone, he's throwing more picks and touchdowns. I know he's he's not he's not a capable backup quarterback. Everything we've seen from Zach Wilson to this point says that he's not a capable backup quarterback. Maybe he will be in the future. Maybe he actually is by the end of this year. I don't know. But what we've seen so far is historically one of the the worst, or I should say, statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in modern NFL history. That's there's no denying that that is a fact. Whether he gets better, I don't know. I hope he does, but right now he's not. Like he's not a capable backup quarterback. The Jets had every opportunity, and they still do have an opportunity to add another backup quarterback. Nick Foles is still out there. Chase Daniel is a capable NFL backup quarterback. He's out there. And I hate the 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 whole mindset. And I've seen so many people push back on this and say, "Oh, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, the season's over anyway." 
That's not true. If Aaron Rodgers misses 10 or more games, yeah, you're probably done. I don't think the Jets make the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers plays six games this year. At least they keep a first-round pick, but they probably don't make the playoffs. Oh, what a what a, what a a big reward. Oh, my God. I know, right? But what if, what if he misses two to four games, right? The Jets right. are in a super competitive division in a super competitive conference. Every single game is going to matter. This is football. There are 17 games you play. Every game is super important. You can't have – you know, Zach Wilson going out there or Tim Boyle going out there trying to save your season. If you have at least a capable quarterback, like there is a significant gap between someone like Nick Foles and someone like Zach Wilson. At this stage, right now, you have a much better chance to win a football game if Nick Foles is starting is starting a quarterback. And I don't want to hear Zach Wilson went five and two last year. I don't I don't want to hear that. Zach Wilson is a bad NFL quarterback right go, now. Go. They, they won off, you think that. Yeah, they won very much in spite of him and were very lucky to win those games on the back of some excellent defensive performances and Brees Hall just being Brees Hall, right? That's There's no guarantee that that happens this year, and I'd say it's very unlikely that if Zach Wilson were to start seven games this year that he would go five and two. I think that's highly unlikely. So I think by far the worst move the Jets made in a season where they are all in on trying to win the Super Bowl this year. They are, they are all in. They're legitimately all in. They think they're Super Bowl contenders. They think they can compete with the NFL's best. The worst move they made this offseason was not getting any insurance behind their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we saw Zach Wilson a, a couple weeks ago was really diamonded up at OTAs, and then the reports the last couple of days were the same old Zach Wilson. He's erratic, he's missing guys, he's running around, and that's not only is it concerning because it seems like the improvement didn't really last, but, I mean, it's that's not even the most concerning part. The concerning part is that he just can't, he just can't internalize it. He can't get it. Some guys get it. He's just not getting it. And I hope he does. I really yeah. hope he does. I want to really quick people. I, I, I say negative things about Zach Wilson sometimes on Twitter, right? How could I you did, not? I know. I made this comment like a couple of days ago. This is what made me think of this is that like the, the backup quarterback situation. Right. And it was like, oh, but you did like, cause, cause there was a report, you know, that he had a, a rough time in red zone practices during Tuesday's practice. Right. And I, I made a comment like, man, the jets, you know, I wish the jets got a backup quarterback. And everyone's like, oh, you know, you didn't, you didn't talk about when he completed, uh, you know, seven passes in a row earlier in OTAs. And I'm like, man, like, one, this comment has very little to do with OTAs. I fully believe the Jets should have added a backup quarterback. Regard- Zach Wilson could have completed every single pass in OTA so far, and I would have still had that opinion. Number one, that's number one. Number two, like it's 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 OTAs. Like this stuff doesn't even matter that much. And also, it's just like if anything, it's it's just kind of showing his inconsistencies. Like we've seen the good Zach Wilson. We've seen him actually, you know, play well. We've seen those flashes. We saw it in the summer. We've seen it in the regular season. And I guess we've seen it so far in the spring. But the big thing with him is just inconsistencies. He, he struggles to stack positive moments. He struggles to stack, po- stack positive games. He struggles to stack positive practices. And we've seen that so far this summer. So I don't care if he completes seven passes in a row, if he's missing wide open passes in the flats a few, pass, a few plays later, because that's what his issue has been. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I I think that that's my least favorite move of the offseason. And it's not even a move. It's just they didn't do it, right? My favorite move of the offseason, non-Rodgers division, obviously, favorite move of the offseason. This might surprise you a little bit because I, I maybe not, because I've been open about how much I like this guy. But when the Jets got Alan Lazard, I thought that that was a much bigger deal than people made it, which because I know that people will say, well, he didn't, he never had more than 800 yards receiving with Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, he had Devontae Adams kind of sucking up all the attention for however long. And then now he's going to get a chance. He's going to be the number two receiver again. But I mean, extra game, Nathaniel Hackett, familiar offense. Rodgers is going to be throwing the ball a lot. If I told you right now, Lazar was going to get a thousand yards, I mean, that wouldn't be 
I don't think that'd be crazy. He had 815 games last year, and that was with a, a worse Packers team than the Jets are now, a worse offensive line, worse receivers around him. I don't think a 1,000 yards is out of the question, especially when he's not going to get doubled ever because of Garrett Wilson. So I'm a big fan of that, and a big fan of the blocking too. I mean, this guy, I remember when he was coming out of Iowa State, it was him, and then I think Hakeem Butler came, I think, before him. or after. Hakeem Butler was before him, right? Uh, it might have been after. I was right around the same time. I think it was before because then Akeem Butler, they were saying, should convert to tight end. So I remember hearing people say Lazard should just pack on a couple pounds and go to tight end because mm-hmm. that's how uh, he's big, number one. That's how good of a blocker he is, too. He's physical. He's nasty. He moves well. He mauls people. That sounding significant, but why is Corey Davis on this roster except for the fact that he keeps saying he's a great leader and a great blocker? I mean, that's always been the thing with Corey Davis. Always a great blocker. That's big because you're going to run outside all the time, Nathaniel Hackett. You, you need guys like that. San Francisco's made it work. This is a San Francisco adjacent scheme. So getting Lazard for a price tag, I think it was what four and forty-four. That's not outrageous. It was. Rece- uh, it was. Was it four forty-four? Four forty-four. I think Moses Malone four forty-four. <laughs> I go. think that's yeah, what he got. And- it was four forty-four. Or uh, Wendy's four forty-four. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like this guy as a receiver, but I mean, Christian Kirk got like $19 million for basically having the same stats. Maybe he could have a Christian Kirk-like impact on this offense because he was great last year with Jacksonville. I think that could happen. I might just like Lazard more than you do, though. I want to get your thoughts. I, I think you definitely do. First of all, by the way, Lazard came out a year earlier than Butler. Uh, oh, he was the first. Then it was the other way around. He, he wasn't drafted. I just, I just had the check while you're doing that. I was, st- uh, I had like a third round grade. I was like the first year I really went like in depth with a, gr- a grading scale and everything. And I got like a third round grade on him, and then he went undrafted. I'm like, huh? Mm, like, so maybe what? this is your this is your love affair dating back to uh, when he was coming out of college. Maybe that's it. Every year I pick one guy to irrationally draft crush on, and you know what? Last year it was Tariq Woolen, so okay. that worked out pretty well. Yep. I think that year was Lazard. This year was Eric Gray for the Giants. Is my was my guy. So okay, okay fair enough. Back to, maybe I'm just holding on to the Lazard dream, but I, I really yeah. liked him in college, and I thought he was a good player for the Packers. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's good. Like I think he's a fine NFL receiver. Um, you know, we've talked about this before in the past. I think that Corey Davis and I, you know, Jets fans probably don't like this take, but I think that Corey Davis is a slightly better player than Alan Lazard. Uh, I don't think that that's go. I, I, I've said this on this show. Uh, I think he's I got. Know, but every time you say it, it hits like it's fresh. I think he's had some very bad luck with the Jets. Um, and I think yeah. that you know, with injuries and everything, his first year was bad. He kind of folded under the expectations of being the number one receiver. He had drop issues, which was really the first time in his career, at least since his rookie year, that he had had drop issues. That really was not a big issue in Tennessee. Uh, And then last year, I thought he was really putting together a very solid season as like that wide receiver two, wide receiver three with the Jets. And then he got hurt and it sucked. And he, he was like a legit, really good receiver on third down last year. And he's a great blocker. I think he's a very solid player. Lazard's fine. Like, I, I don't dislike Lazard. I think that Corey Davis is a better route runner, which is where I kind of give him that edge over Lazard. Yes. I'm just not, you know, I, I don't think Lazard separates super well. Um, and if Corey Davis can actually make those contested catches like he was doing last year, like he didn't do his first year at the Jets and he was doing last year, then I think he's better than Al Lazard. So that's kind of where I am with that. But I don't think he's a bad player. Um, my personal favorite best move that I think the Jets made, aside from Aaron Rodgers, this is more of like a value move, was trading for Chuck Clark. I absolutely love that trade when it happened. And I know the Ravens were probably going to cut him anyway. I know he was likely gone regardless, but you have a legit, very good safety. I'd say he's a, a rock solid starting caliber safety and a team leader on your roster. And you gave up a 2027 or 2024 seventh round pick. That's all you gave up. And his cap hit this year is 4 million. 
that's that's excellent. Like that's no no matter how you you shape that, you have a a solid starting caliber strong safety that you acquired for basically nothing, and you're paying pretty much high end backup money. So that's my best move that I think they did in terms of like value. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers trade that's that speaks for itself. But I really like Chuck Clark. I'm not totally sold on the entire Jet safety situation. I don't really see how. Chuck Clark and Jordan Whitehead fit together. I don't I don't love the current group they have, but I really like the move to trade for Chuck Clark. And that was kind of like that kick off the offseason. When they did that, I was like, oh, the Jets are doing stuff. Joe Douglas is doing stuff. So that I don't know. I maybe I just I think fondly of that move because I love Chuck Clark in Baltimore. He was a team leader, loved by everyone there. Uh, but I think I think in terms of like just pure value, I think that was their best move. I mean, I like Chuck Clark too. I mean, the, the concerns with Whitehead are obvious because he's the same sort of position. So you're going to get basically two downhill safeties who love to hit guys, and then the the issues brought on by Lamarcus Joyner's coverage or lack of same last year, they're still going to be there. But I feel like the they would the Jets wouldn't do this trade. They don't think one of them had the ability to fix that. I think maybe they probably lean more to Whitehead, trying to be more of a coverage guy. Which again, that's why I'm hopeful on Whitehead. Like he did this in Tampa. It's why I'm hopeful on Lake and Tomlinson too. Like. There are things that he, they just did in Tampa and San Francisco and Lakin's case that they just didn't do last year. It's like they, they didn't forget how to do it. Mm-hmm. They didn't just like lose the ability. They didn't get like sucked out of him by some sort of football vampire. Like it's still there. Yeah, it's I don't just even matter being more consistent. I don't even think Whitehead was bad in coverage last year. Like I think he's okay. by far. Yeah, he wasn't like I'm not saying he was Ed Reed, but his biggest issue was just missed tackles. Like that that was his biggest issue in Tampa too. Uh Tampa too deep. I don't know. Weird pun. Uh that was his biggest issue in Tampa as well. Uh <laughs> for those Ooh, listening. Oh boy. <laughs> what was the my, other one that we did? The JC Penny one? That might top it. That's that's up there. Oh, I remember that was bad. It was really bad. Uh smoke's getting to me too now. But that um, was that was cringe radio, man. <laughs> I heard it and I was like, I gotta say something about it, but that was not, it wasn't good. But yeah, I, I, that, that was the issue with Jordan Whitehead in Tampa as well. Uh, and it followed him to the Jets. Like he just, he, the tackles were a big issue. I think with Chuck Clark, that's going to be hopefully cleaned up because he was an excellent tackler in Baltimore. And I hope that's going to be the case here. And you know, I don't know, maybe they're relying on someone like Tony Adams. Maybe they bring in someone like John Johnson or Adrian Amos because that would be great. Um, but yeah. Or I, my boy Trey Dean. Or your boy Trey Dean. Maybe. He's not that slow. I swear. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he was. He was hurt. He was definitely hurt during yeah. his during that combine. But yeah, maybe he makes the team. I don't love the Jets' safety situation, but I love the trade for Chuck uh, for Chuck Clark. Yeah. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now, with the offseason kind of starting to come to an end, it is now OTAs time. Even though the Jets are canceling parts of OTAs, which we're not going to go into, it's not a big deal. If Craig Carton said it's a big deal, it's not. Don't listen to him. He really say it's a bit. I haven't even heard. Yeah, it, yeah. Awesome. It was. It was basically like you know, they haven't earned anything, and now they're doing this. And blah, blah, blah. it's it's a logistical thing. It's because <laughs> it's for because uh, we play the Hall of Fame game, so everything starts a week earlier. It's, it's also not, because it's June, and they just need something to talk about. And, it's hot, it's, and, and the air is poisonous, apparently, so we don't work out in New York. Honestly, so. yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. It's a good thing. <laughs> good foresight there. So. uh However, there have been some standouts. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been 
Aaron Rodgers. Like we, we've said this before. We don't want to go too effusive with the quarterback praise because Zach Wilson will have a great day. And everybody says Zach Wilson's back. And then the next day he craps his pants looking at a simple pressure and like does a Christian Hackenberg where he hits a reporter on the sidelines, albeit with a faster pass than than Hackenberg had. But it's still nice to just see Rodgers in command of this offense. I mean, he doesn't look like he lost any of the fastball. He's still got the memorization of Nathaniel Hackett. He's got a good chemistry going with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner with his little uh, celebration there. <laughs> no wonder why it's so smoky outside. You know? Yeah, I wonder that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't need to tell you what that was. You guys are smart enough. You can figure out what they were doing on your own. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to just see a quarterback in command and leading this offense because for literally a decade – it's been a lot of charting. This guy went nine of 14. This guy went 11 of 14. This guy was bad. He went five with a pick, but that, that wears on you as a Jets fan to just have these quarterback battles that all go to nowhere because nobody ends up winning them because they all end up stinking. It's just so nice to see a guy dropping dimes and chucking 50 yard balls and making plays. It's, it's a fun time. It definitely is. Um, I, I think that one of the biggest takeaways for me that we've heard, because, again, we're not really at OTAs, but this is just what's, what's been reported, is that Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson are wasting no time establishing chemistry. They have hooked up for a, a number of completions over the course of the last you know, couple of weeks. Uh, there was a pass that, you know, I think it was from, I think it was from yesterday's practice from Tuesday's practice where just an anticipation throw back shoulder to Garrett Wilson in the corner of the end zone. Uh, that's been one of my big takeaways. And Garrett Wilson was, uh, unbelievable last year. Like he was a, he was a a true stud, 83 catches, 1100 yards with the worst quarterback play in the NFL. If that's what he does with Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco and Mike White throwing passes, I cannot wait to see what he's doing with Aaron Rodgers throwing the passes because, you know, we see all the the Packers fans being like, oh, just wait until Randall Cobb has more targets than Garrett Wilson. It's like, nah, man, nah, man. I think Rodgers sees how good Garrett Wilson is, and he's already seeing it in May and in June. Wait until September gets here, and I I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a superstar, a legitimate potential top 10 wide receiver this year if he stays healthy, if Garrett – if Garrett – if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy as well. So that's been one of my biggest takeaways as well. Another guy that I want to talk about, I kind of want to talk about a couple of second year players who are kind of, you know, showing that maybe they're, they're in line for bigger roles this year. One guy is Jeremy Ruckert. Another one I want to talk about after is Jermaine Johnson. Uh, but Jeremy Ruckert has, has made some plays so far in OTAs, which is really nice to see. It's going to be interesting to see how the, the Jets tight end room kind of shakes out because I think right now it's it's still Tyler Conklin and CJ Ozama and then everyone else. You have Ruckert, you have Zach Kuntz who they drafted, uh, even a couple of undrafted guys. Kenny Yabo is still around. So there's a lot of – I think they have seven tight ends on the roster right now, which is a lot. Like that's a lot of tight ends. And Nick Bauden, that's not even including their fullback. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how those snaps get divvied up. But I would not be surprised at all if Jeremy Ruckert comes in this spring and this summer and shows that, hey, maybe he is bigger. He, he is ready for a larger role because – it's not uncommon at all. In fact, I'd say it's the norm for mid-round tight ends or even er- like early-round tight ends to just kind of have like redshirt seasons early in their, in their NFL career. It takes like a, it usually takes a couple of years for for young tight ends to kind of find their groove. I know that was the case with Tyler Conklin. It's been the case with guys like Dalton Schultz. Uh, it's it's very normal. So I'm not necessarily concerned about Jeremy Ruckert's lack of production. I think he had one catch his rookie year. He didn't really do much. Uh, I think that that's kind of expected and it was, it was the norm. So now I'm, I'm excited to see what he does this spring and this summer. And maybe, maybe he pushes a guy like Uzama for some playing time. And then Jermaine Johnson, I think it's a similar thing, just a crowded depth chart. He didn't get a lot of playing time last year because of that. He still was a regular part of the rotation, but maybe, you know, he can start to take on some more snaps this year. And maybe by 2024, we're talking about him as 
maybe even the best edge rusher on the team. I think that the Jets, when they traded up for him, they had that vision in mind for him. So I'm excited to see those those second-year guys kind of hopefully take a step. Yeah. Well, they don't have it anymore because of Will McDonald. I think they probably think Will McDonald's going to be a little better than – Maybe. Maybe. That's Jermaine true. Johnson. Of course. But it's good to see Johnson back because he's going to play a role be- – he was. I know he had the sacks last year. If you look at his pass rushing numbers at Florida State, like they really weren't that great in terms of like his pressure rate. He had like one or two games where he got most of his sacks. The run defense is what's gonna, mm. what's really gonna make him in in the NFL. Now, Will McDonald, better pass rusher. I think Jermaine Johnson would tell you that right now. Nowhere near as a run defender. So it would be nice. I know Carl Lawson's there. It would be nice to see this little yin yang thing happen, or yin yang. I think it is technically with uh, sure. With, Will McDonald and uh, and Jermaine Johnson because Johnson even as a rookie right now is a pretty good run defender and having guys that can defend the run of the edge like that like in a league that still has so many pass rush specialists like they're a rare breed like you got to hold on to Jermaine Johnson I don't know what that means for Carl Lawson because I know because by 2024 if the starting defensive ends are not McDonald and Johnson I think that's a huge error and I think that they haven't developed properly so I don't know what that means for Carl Lawson but it's encouraging to see that at least one half of that potential dynamic duo is really performing well. And mm-hmm. Rucker, I'm, I was a big fan of Rucker coming out of Ohio State, even as a receiver, just because Ohio State didn't really use Rucker as much as a receiver because they had 20 fantastic wide receivers that they just threw the ball to all the time. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson being one of them, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who you wanted being another one, and Marvin Harrison Jr., who, I mean, good Lord, I mean, he might be the best wide receiver prospect in 10 years. But... I think Rucker maybe tell you tell me this is a hot take. You you tell me this is a hot take. I think if Rucker continues playing like this, he will play so well that one of the starting tight ends is a uh, cut by the end of the preseason Ooh. or traded away. Because I, I mean, they wouldn't use a third round pick on him to be a third tight end. I don't think they can financially do that because I think they restructured both of their deals this offseason, Conklin and really. Uzama. I think they restructured – I mean, trade. they could – They could trade. trade. They could yeah. trade them. I don't think that happens. I think that they really like their tight ends. But I would not be – like what I'd say is a fair, fairish but bold take would be that Rucker ends up you know, usurping one of them on the depth chart, like passes Uzama on the depth chart at some point. Maybe so not why keep Uzama hard. around at that price? Well, it'd be like mid-season, I think. I don't think it happens in the summer. Oh, I, I don't think Rucker can do enough to kind of pass one of them on the depth chart. But I think, you know, if he if he continues to play well and he makes the most of his opportunities, you know, maybe an injury happens. Maybe Conklin or Uzama gets hurt because, you know, the odds of both playing 17 games are pretty unlikely. Uh, and then Rucker, you know, takes his opportunity, runs with it. Maybe he keeps that role. I, I could totally see that happening. Because here, here's what else happens with Rucker that I think could really help. If Let's just, let's just say hypothetically – September starts, probably probably Uzama over Conklin would be the one to go, I think. Even though I'm not a huge fan of Conklin, I think he's better than Uzama. Agreed. So if you, Because I think if that happens, it also lets you, I think, keep Zach Kuntz on the 53. Mm-hmm. Or the 54 now. I think that's because I, I think right now, Kuntz would probably end up just being like a cut and stash on the practice squad kind of guy. Which, I know they picked him in the seventh round. but And we've talked about this before. He literally graded as the most athletic tight end in the history of tight ends. Yep. <laughs> or at least since they've been keeping track of data at least that long. So to put him on the practice squad, I'm not saying that he's going to be like a game changer because he's a seventh round pick, but the only reason he's there is because of medical problems. This is a talent that I think you could really use, especially I mean, he's six, eight, you can teach blocking. You can't teach a guy to be taller. You can't teach a guy to have longer arms. I think that at his best, I think he legitimately could be like a number two tight end in the NFL and a legitimate pass game weapon. And I think to be able to, I think the best way to kind of use him and Ruckert 
would be to have uh, Conklin, Ruckert, and Kuntz as your three tight ends on the roster by the end of the year. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they get some weird fullbacky shenanigans. Like, that's what they end up doing with Rucker if they need it. Because, I mean, Hackett used a fullback pretty mm-hmm. regularly. I mean, not all the time, but enough where I think you could probably make one of the tight ends that sort of fullbacky H-back hybrid. Right. I, I just, it would be a shame to use a pick like that on Rucker and then just like stick him on the bench for two years. And then at, going into the third year, he's going to have like seven receptions and he's going to be another camp cut candidate. Like, I don't think that's really fair to him as a prospect. Maybe. I mean, I'll use Tyler Conklin as an example. Tyler Conklin had 13 catches through his first two years in the NFL. He had 19 catches in the third year. He didn't actually really start seeing significant playing time until his fourth year. So with tight ends, sometimes that happens. I'm not saying that that's necessarily the best trajectory for Ruckert, but I wouldn't be shocked if really his first two years, he's mostly a bit player. And then next year we're talking about him as maybe your starting tight end. That's, I think, what would be my hopeful trajectory for him. I also think it's very possible, and I would say likely, that the Jets carry four tight ends on their active roster regardless. They did a lot of last year because uh, Kenny Boa was on the active roster for most of the year. Oh, it was. You're right. You're right. I don't think he should be counted out either because he's a special teams contributor. So I don't think I, don't, I think that there's a very good chance he still makes his team. Um, so I, I, I don't know where Kuntz kind of fits in. I think his best role is the practice squad because I think he's just such a raw player that I don't. I don't see him playing snaps this year in any meaningful way, which is fine because you didn't draft him necessarily to play this year. Um, now, obviously, maybe he'd get snatched up by somebody. Maybe someone would 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 try and you know uh, sign him off the Jets practice squad. That that's totally possible. But I think that that's probably his best role is is very much in a redshirt role where he doesn't play. But maybe they sneak him onto the active roster if they're concerned. Maybe he makes the team. Maybe Rucker takes on that Yaboa role and he plays special teams instead. I don't know. But You need him for field goal block at hands team, if nothing else, because... That's true. <laughs> we talked about that. that is I mean, true. if Yaboa is a special teams guy, I mean, I'm sorry, Kenny, but I mean, unless you're going to have one of those those limb lengthening procedures, have you seen that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are getting like extra bones put in their feet to be five inches. Unless he does that. Sorry, I think Zach Kuntz got your that job be, there. That would be so interesting if an NFL player guy. I know this is completely tangent. <laughs> Zach Wilson shows up and he's like six foot eight. And- like Bryce, Bryce Young. Bryce Young uses it and now he's like six four. And it's like, oh my God, whoa. <laughs> what I completely, I completely miss that. Kyler Murray yeah. comes in and he's like as tall as Peyton Manning, and you're like, hey, he just he plays it normal. Like, hey guys. He's like, like it's just the- it's just my new ACL. That's all it is. Not oh yeah, new- man. He's doctor, man. Modern medicine, man. It's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. uh we want to do a little fun little game because we had a good time a couple weeks ago with our little guest the jet uh, activity. And we want to do a little bit of a variation on the theme this week. We're going to do a little 20 questions thing and we're going to see who wins. Cause it's fewest amount of questions to guess the guy. And you are a winner. You could play along in the chat. If you're watching, or if you're listening later, you could play along in your head and see if you get it right. That'll be a fun little reward for you. So who wants to go first? Justin, do you want me to guess first? Or I'm so excited for this, by the way. I just, I just want you to know this entire show, I was looking forward to the final 15 minutes because I was so excited for this. Um, man, do do I want to go first? I'll 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 guess first. Okay, You'll guess like, first. I feel okay. Like that's harder because we're gonna kind of see which questions are best. Um, yeah, so we're doing like one current and one former player each if we have time. We'll see what we we'll see what we'll we see do. what we do. Yep. Um, so are you starting, are you gonna tell me if it's current or former first, or you, is that part of the question? That could be one of the questions. Okay. Don't try and get any unfair advantages. I'm just trying to see how the game works. <laughs> all right. All right. So we'll go first question. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh move chat off my screen so I don't see what people are saying. But um right. okay, yeah, play along at home, absolutely. And if I'm asking questions, I apologize on your on everyone's behalf. All right, okay. First question. Is he an is he currently a Jets player? 
No. Okay. Second question. Is he an active NFL player? He is not. Okay. So retired NFL player that is not currently on. That really narrows it down. (laughs) You know, it narrows it down enough. Um, Do they play on the offensive side of the ball? They do. Okay, great. Uh, If you went like a special team, I would have been really upset. Um, So (laughs) technically, (laughs) are they a skill position player? Yes. Okay, you were hesitant about that. So yes. it's probably not like a wide receiver, which is probably like a are they a tight end? Is a tight end. Okay, that's I could tell by the hesitation. So it is a tight I, or, that's a debate. Is a tight end a skill position player? It's 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 on the border, which is the good the hesitation works. That's five questions. Um so tight end. Were they drafted by the Jets? They were not drafted by the Jets. Okay, that's good. They were not drafted by the Jets, not currently in the NFL. Did they ever play in a playoff game with the jets they did okay Ooh. okay oh we're really we're we are narrowing this down now okay this is good um so that means they did not they were on the roster pre-2011 okay and they were not drafted by the jets were they on they were on the were they on those afc championship game their afc championship game teams or at least one of them yes okay all right this is good god oh we're man eight we're an eight, run eight. I should, right. so there's no excuse for me not to get this at this point. Um, okay, I got to really dig deep now to think about who the the tight ends were on those teams. Because like it's obviously not Dustin Keller. They drafted him. Um, they did. That was the Revis year, right? Uh, that they drafted him. I think it was after Revis. It was yeah, it was after Revis. I think maybe I don't know. Um, all right. Oh, dude, I can't think of another tight end on those teams, and that's not going to be good. So, all right, I got. I have to try and now narrow this down in other ways. So, um, any questions? Fair game. It doesn't even have to be football related. It could be informational. You know. Right. Right. Um, is there? <laughs> does their first name start with a letter? In the beginning of in the first half of the alphabet. What the hell kind of question is that? <laughs> I'm trying yes. to just yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. And you were confident, you didn't have to think. Yes. It yes. tells me it's probably towards the earlier part of the alphabet. Does their that's what is that? A nine? What does their last name? You are <laughs> so, really overthinking this, man. Just I, I can't because I can't think of who the tight end is right now, and that's gonna it's killing me. Uh does their last name start with a a uh letter in the, the first half of the alphabet? Yes. Okay. What are you gonna run through every combination of letters and I, I I'm really trying to think what other tight ends were on that roster. It's not it's not Kellen Winslow. I don't even know if he was I don't think he was on those teams. He was he was not, and he is I don't want to mention Kellen Winslow. He is in jail yeah. for a very long time. Hey, he sucks, time. he sucks. Yes, um, he sucks. Did they play any other position besides tight end? No. Okay, so it's not like James Durth. It is not James snapper. Durth. Okay. That's, those are not questions. That would have been cheating if I picked that. No one yeah, He's that. like a long snapper tight end. That's um, what, 13, I think? Questions? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, boy, oh boy. It's tough. It's tough, man. You know what sucks? Because I know others are listening to this and they're like, oh, it's so easy. They're dude. screaming like, ah, oh. moron. Like, it's not Brandon Bostic. He was much later. I'm just trying to, like, it's not Kellen Davis because he was after as well. Right. I'm thinking of all those crappy tight ends from the terrible eras. Why can't I think of the tight ends from that era? Oh man. I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't think I'm going to get it. 
I don't think I'm going to get it. So I am going to concede and I'm going to give up because I, for the sake of others in for the sake of others listening. You're, so you're you're going to go, oh my god, when I tell you that oh, I'm gonna be so mad. I'm going to be so mad at myself. You want to know who it is? Drum roll. It's not. It's not Jeff Cumberland. Yeah, who is? Yes, it, it is. It's Jeff Cumberland. God damn it! I mean, <laughs> all right. That like sort of counts. No, I, the, no. I said it before you told me it. I was about wow, to. He was you know what? What bothered me is because I was thinking it was a veteran who like came to the Jets after, and not like no. He, he I think his drafted. first year was the second AFC championship. Yeah. So technically, and he didn't get drafted because he was, he was undrafted. undrafted. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. All right. I'm gonna like a quarter count that for myself. No, I'm not. So you can if that makes you feel better. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll 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 see what Chad says. Chad can be the deciding factor. The arbiter of say, truth. Chad I is did, always the arbiter of truth. I did say I gave up. What a shout from Josh Kerr, by the way, in chat, who says Josh Baker. That is a what a shout that is. Oh. I love Josh Baker. Remember Josh Baker? I remember Chris Baker. Another tight end. That's different, different yeah. tight end. Um all right, all right, all right. I got one now, and now I'm gonna be really sad if you get in like five in like in like five. All right, okay. let's see. This is my player. Okay. All right. Uh, active. Yes. Uh, defensive side of the ball. Yes. Okay. So that's two. So an active defensive player. Uh, were they drafted in the first three rounds? Yes. They were. Okay. Were they drafted by the Jets? No. They were not. Okay. Uh, is their position linebacker? No. It is not. But the first three rounds by the Jets. So I was going to. All right, so if it was, I was thinking it was Quincy Williams because he was drafted by the Jaguars, so, mm. but it is not him. So that narrowed it down. So it's got to be a defensive lineman or a defensive back. Were they drafted in the first round? They were. I might get it. Uh, do they play on the interior defensive line? They do. Solomon <laughs> Thomas? It is Solomon Thomas. <laughs> All right. I feel like it's easier with active players, though, because there's only so many players you could pick. So, like, active on the Jets. That was pretty good, though. I mean, those, I, were, good. those were good questions. You narrowed it down. You got it. That was very good. Good question. Because, like, I, I think if you try to focus on the name too much, there's too many names. Yeah. Like, I'm so mad I didn't get Jeff. I'm, I'm so mad about Jeff Cumberland. That's right, Jeff, if you're, Jeff, if you're listening, Justin is sorry. He I'm, can't forgive himself. Right, no Joshua Curtis says Justin gets no points. All right, so there Thanks. we go. Thanks, man. I'm going to be thinking about that so much later. I'm going to be like, oh, my God. All right. <laughs> so the- I, I have a chance at redemption here with an active player in the Jets, hopefully. So I should be able to get this. They shouldn't be hard. How about we do 10 questions for active players in the Jets? I think that that's fair. Yeah, uh, all right. So. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right because we don't know if it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So. But we we do. We know this one's active, I guess. Sorry. All right. Okay. Uh, so uh, I know he's active in the Jets. Uh, offensive side of the ball. Nope. Okay. I'm. I'm going to assume defense um, could be special teams and that'd be so annoying. Uh, ah, I, defensive side of the ball. Yep. Okay. So that's two questions. I, I burned on that, but that's okay. Uh, front seven player. Nope. All right. So secondary uh, corner. Nope. So there's, so there's safety Were they drafted by the jets. They were not. Okay. Which is, I think, every safety except one on the current roster. So that was a bad question. Except Ashton Davis. Yeah, so that was a bad question. Um, were they signed? Were they signed to the team as a free agent? Well, aren't they all signed to the team? Well, were they signed? Yeah, I met. Were they signed as a free agent? Were they signed? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, I obviously have. How many questions I got? That was six. All right. Um, 
Are they a starting safety on the team? They are. Okay, it's Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Fair, fair. Yeah, I feel like 10 is yeah. good for active. Uh, right. In the future, we could probably just like not specify if we have active or, or you know, former. Um, probably be easier that way. Or, you know, probably be harder that way, which is good. But test run. All right. I got my last one. All right. This will be the grand finale. Yeah, all right. This uh, is, I'm really, I hope you don't get this because right. I didn't get you. All right. Were they coached by Todd Bowles? Uh, they were. They okay. Were. So it's that era. Offensive or defensive? Uh, well, yeah. It's not yes or no. Oh, see, what did they play on offense? They did not. So it's a defensive player from Todd Bowles. Were they a front seven player? They were a front seven player. Okay, so it's a Todd Bowles. Were they an undrafted player? Uh, yes. Okay. They we're undrafted. Now I'm thinking, uh, were they a linebacker? They were not. We're not. So I was, all right, so that takes out Neville Hewitt. That takes out James Burgess. Really quick, were you keeping track of, of questions? Because I totally was. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. All right, all right okay. so it's a front seven player who's not a linebacker, so defensive line, an undrafted one under Todd Bowles. It wouldn't be TJ Barnes because he would be he, – he's a little farther back. Uh, did they ever make a Pro Bowl with the Jets? They did not. Okay. So it wasn't a good player. Uh, did they play for the Jets longer than five years? They did not. Okay, so it's short-term. Mm-hmm. Short-term Todd Bowles. Because Todd, I mean, because the weird thing about Todd Bowles was like he kept he kept those teams together a lot, even though there wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of a winning. There wasn't like a ton of like big sweeping changes. So that would have to be okay. And they were undrafted. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's let's think here because I think you're at uh, eight questions. I think you're at eight. Yep. Yep. Or seven. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, I was just thinking, man. Darren Lee, another piece of crap. Been a lot of piece of craps with the Jets lately, because Darren Lee got it's a. Not a line, it's not a linebacker. We said that. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, got some more. You can narrow it down. You know, the other not other. Boy Deion, not your boy Dion Simon. No, no, not doing Dion. I'm not doing a player we've already we've already done with him. Yeah, I mean that was that was a hell of a pull, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then we got. Uh, God, was it? God, was it like Josh Martin? Is that a question or I'm I'm, t- I'm talking to myself. Uh you have you can narrow there's plenty of other questions you can use. Yeah, answer. yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of good questions. I'm thinking okay. of good questions. Uh did they ever play for an AFC East team? Like oh, outside of Jeff? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yes, they did. So it's not snacks, because he didn't play. Play for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Brandon Copeland was not a defensive lineman. Nope. It's not Brandon Copeland. And he also went to the Dolphins, Bills, or oh. IK and M. Capot. No, 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 no. <laughs> he got drafted. He got drafted. And then he, and he was drafted. And then so. he walloped and then he walloped his quarterback in the face over what was it, a six hundred dollar? Some, yeah, some, 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 some of money. That, like a uh, refundable fee. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking this. I'm kind of stumping you a little bit. This, a this little is bit, a little bit. Was Good. it all right? So, as a defensive line makes it, I'm, I'm wondering, does that mean like a, was their official position outside linebacker? No. 
all right, so it's an interior one because mm-hmm. I was that takes out like the Jordan Jenkinsy guys. Uh, yeah, I would I would say I would say no to that. Yeah. Uh, my official guess is going to be Mike Pennell. That's a good guess, but it is not who it is. <sighs> it is not Mike Pennell. Do you want me to tell you who it is? I, you got it. So I'll give you another hint. He didn't. Like, he played for Bowles one year. He played more under Rex. So he, oh, it was a Rex guy. Okay, it was so a Rex it was like guy who was just a holdover for one year. So it was with, 2015 Jets, the one yep, good one he, he had. He, yep, he was on the 2015 Jets, but he was with them before. He's a veteran, so he bounced around to a bunch of different teams. And your biggest hint, and this will be a hint for everyone in, in chat as well listening, he is currently an analyst. He's currently an analyst. Mm-hmm. Defensive lineman? Yep. Defensive lineman did that. I believe he's on SNY, I believe. Oh, was it Mike Catapano? No, is he on SNY? Oh my god! I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That would have shocked me. He's remembering guys. (laughs) I remember Mike. I think he would have been an outside linebacker. No, Mike Catapano. Ah, damn! Uh, This guy, so he's a small three. Oh, Leger Doosable. Leger Doosable. Leger Doosable. Okay. Leger Doosable. I thought he was. I thought he was purely a Rex guy. No, he he lasted one year under Bulls 2015. He played. I had to look that. I had to make sure uh, to check that he was still there for Bulls, but he was still there in 2015. Mike Catapano, if you're listening, I mean, send us some stuff because we're the, I think we're the Jets podcast of record in terms of Mike Catapano news. So, Mike Catapano from Mineola, I think, from from Long Island. Yeah, and, and he went to Princeton. So, he was a local yeah, guy for me. Go, so. so, all right. So, we both stumped each other on past players. I think past players are generally the way to that's go. That's a good one, man. I, yeah. That's but a good one. Jeff Those are both good pulls from well, similar. If arms. you do active players, you have a list of 52 people and you could just do offense or defense and that takes half of them. So, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I, so I think former players are the way to go. Let us know if you guys enjoyed this. I, I think we're going to. My mother did. So, <laughs> I think we're going to continue doing guest the Jets in some capacity, whatever. It's, you know, it's June. We're just trying to have some fun. I love this. I, I had a great, I had a great time. I don't know. I did too. Very cool. All right, let's sign us off, baby. Let's sign us off. You could find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you may get your podcast. That's where we are. We are also on YouTube. We are at the Jet Press. That's where the shorts are. That's where the prospect interviews are. That's where all the replays of the streams are. If you want to get nice look at my ugly mug and Justin over here, you can go and check us out over there. Justin, you go take us home. Of course. Thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. I hope you struggle to say your at, dude. Your name, your name is a tongue twister. Four syllables, man. <laughs> Mike at by Mike Luciano. There you go. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow Jet Press on Twitter at the Jet Press. Download the Jet Press podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also check us out on YouTube, as Mike just mentioned. Subscribe, like, hit the notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you all for listening to the Jet Press podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That's by Mike Luciano, or that is Mike Luciano. Dude, I'm, I'm shouting out your Twitter handle. Oh, my God. That's been Mike Luciano. We'll see you guys next time. And always remember, we got a really nice interview coming up. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Really, really great, dude. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we have. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tease a little interview potentially with a Jets player coming up next week. You'll have to tune in to see who it is. Uh, but that is also on tap. First, a little mystery guest. So that'll be your homework assignment. Go yeah. and go and watch that next week, and we will see you in the comments of that video. So go check us out there. See you guys.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.